are listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and we are here live in Malibu, California, and thankfully the torrential rains have ceased, and we are back to sunshine and pretty bougainvillea again. Uh, We have had some amazing shows in the last few weeks, and I am really happy to bring to you some of the experts in their field. And uh, we had Gary Williams on, who is a psychic researcher, and he's done quite a bit of work for many, many years in that department. We had Trisha Nelson, who is an emotional eating expert, and you can go back and check out that show from two weeks back. And of course, yours truly on extreme healing and what it takes to do some extreme healing and how that comes through, which is really something that I want to focus on more upcoming because... We're going to get into some of that even today through what we're going to endeavor as our continuation in conversations and consciousness with Dwight Smith, who is an expert in the Christ Letters. And we've already done one show on the Christ Letters, and we are definitely going to dive in today. And it's appropriate timing at this time of year, especially to talk more about consciousness as the Christ channeled energy is coming through what's called the Christ Letters. So welcome back. Welcome back, Dwight, and thank you for coming. Oh, thank you, and what a great introduction. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what a great time of year. So it I'm is. yours. <laughs> ah, fabulous. Well, we had such a wonderful conversation the last time when we talked about the Christ Letters, and that has touched people all over the world, by the way. There are people listening to that show who continue to listen to that show from almost every country in the world, and it's wow. fantastic. So we are talking about consciousness on this show, and Making Life Brighter mm-hmm. is dedicated to the level of understanding of what it takes to evolve consciously. And there's nothing better, well, there's a lot of things out there to inspire people, but I've found these Christ letters to be so powerful for people's lives. And so... Let's talk a minute about that. We're going to dive right in because if people want to know more about who you are, they can even go back and listen to the first show because we do a long introduction. But today I really want to spend time on the letters. And we we were talking about how these Christ letters impact people and how they change lives. So I thought it would be really neat today to dive into the f- number three, letter number three. And go right into it because he's talking about something that is very powerful this time of year. And I want to begin with his example of goats versus sheep. You're an expert in these letters. You, you do this every week. So tell us a little bit about what your interpretation is of what he was saying in these channeled letters regarding goats versus sheep, referring to human consciousness. Right. Because the, at least when I was in the Baptist church, they teach that separating the just from the unjust and the just go to heaven and the unjust go to hell. And Christ presents a very different scenario in his letters, which 
I, I don't consider my expert on them. I'm very well versed on them, but I just, you know, like you, just they really touch deep, deeper than any truth I've I've, I've been aware of anyway. Um, all paths will lead here, but Christ is like the direct path, the easiest. Um, so the goats and the sheep, he was looking at, he, these people made him speak to them. Um, he was going to go off with his disciples and just kind of have the day away and, you know, relax because they've been really busy in the villages of healing and speaking and all. So they wanted to take a break and just reconnect with themselves. But the the citizens, the villagers, were following them and demanded them that Jesus stop and teach them. And so he finally gave in. So he sits on a rock and he, he asked Father, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? So he looks on the hill and he sees sheep and goats. And he said, okay, you know, basically, Father, speak through me. I know there's a message there, so speak through. So he brings the attention of the people to the sheep and just see how manicured they are. They um, they just eat. They are very methodical. They're very relaxed, very calm. The shepherd leads them into places, and they follow the shepherd, and all is well with the sheep because he takes them to good places. The goats, on the other hand, are jumping all over the rocks. They're tearing the ground up. They're you know, just actively uh, being ruinous to the ground and everything. So Christ draws the... Um, the attention, I guess the, the teaching of it is, the sheep are those who follow the Father. Those are those who, they're just here to enjoy life and be in harmony with life, and life will always support them in that way. Whereas the goats are wild and crazy and not listening to anything, each on their own own path and just being malicious and so forth. So he says, you know, they're kind of like the, the they're not hearing the Father because they, they can't hear it. They're too busy with other things. And so, one of the things I love about the letters is Christ brings the personality in. So someone from the audience, you know, he's with a group of people, they have goats with them and everything. So I really look at the setting of Jesus on a rock, and the people all around have just come from the marketplace, they've got, you know, things with them and everything. So it's just, just a wild time. And so one of them asks, well, what happens if a sheep goes astray? What if they go wild and, you know, become unruly and so forth? And he said, well, I will ask you a question. What would you do if one of your sheep went away and so forth? He said, well, I'll go find it and bring it back. He said, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then another asked him, well, what if a goat? Can a goat come into the herd and be part of the sheep? He said, absolutely. You know, the father is not going to ignore the goat. The goat is ignoring the father. So, you know, if the goat listens to the father, then they're going to have an easy way of life. So you know, I'll stop my- with that. I think that's... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's of. beautiful. My my meditation teacher, who's a living master, always says, uh, if things aren't going your way, who moved? Was it you? <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> or God? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. always thought that was a great analogy. Who moved? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, right, okay. You know, uh, in this letter, uh, to me, this is one of the foundational letters. Now, I know all the letters are important, but <laughs> to me, it's, it's one of the more foundational ones. <laughs> And he says says in this particular um, follow-up to that point you just made about the goats and the sheep, that everyone took his teachings as moralistic and then misinterpreted a moralistic meaning versus 
the barrier, as he put it, to scientific development, which is exactly what these letters are really about. They're about the science behind consciousness. Yes. So can you speak to that a little bit with some of the examples? Oh, well, you know, you're right. That's one of, And he says this phrase a few times in the letters, but Christ states very, very emphatically, I did not come with a new moral code or even a new God. I came with understanding. I came, as you're saying, to give you the science of what happens with your consciousness. How does your consciousness bring itself into, into form? And so he gives us the, the everything through these letters to do that. And it's all about, you know, I um, did a little piece on, on my program on mindful, being mind, the mindset from letter one. And it's, it's very that, that we live in our mindset. And that mindset has been developed by our parents, our siblings, our, you know, children, our authoritative people, everyone in school has created a mindset. But we have the power to change our mindset. And I think that's where a lot of us fall down because we don't realize that. We don't realize there's a mindset above the mindset that I'm in that has way bigger ideas and plans that I could be following and have a happy, joyful, peaceful life. And it's not not something that's dictated to, but it's really right. the existence of what is, which is it's, technically love. It's already within us. That's, that's the thing, if we can just get that. This Christ is already within everything, not just people, but all life is this Christ consciousness existing. You know, and when we get into that and see it as intelligence and wise and harmonious and has ideas well beyond those that we think we know, so I keep going to the thought above the thought that I'm thinking, and, um, you know, it's a meditative experience, and that's what Christ says. You know, you don't read these letters, you study them, you meditate on them, you, you know, embody them. Um, now, he was speaking of them. the miracles of healing, and he was saying it in this example in the letter that the healings and the experiences that people deemed miraculous were really just him using examples of yeah. what could be achieved. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we see that, don't we? You and I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, people call them miraculous and so forth, but we know that it's just, it just is, you know, well, it's, it's, a as he says, says, love consciousness. What is love consciousness? You know, someone's going to ask, if it's not religion, what is love consciousness? How do I get that? Well, that's where we have to go outside of our human concept of love. We connect love with, you know, we say unconditional love, but we have attachments to it. We think there are bad people. We think there are bad things going on. We think there are people controlling us and that there are victims and predators and all that. And Christ says, no, love is all-inclusive. There is nothing, no one outside of love. So when we want to know what love is, we have to go to no attachments, no judgments, equality in all through things. And, and it's hard to explain that love can only be experienced. You know, right. that's right. God can only be experienced. Hence the meditation, the prayer, and yes. a point that he brings to this about asking, but we're going to get into that in the next segment. Um, we're also going to touch on in the next segment, did Christ really walk on water? That's oh, something great. that I want to I want to go into. Did he walk on water? And also we're going to talk about the Last Supper. So, you know, one thing that he said that I just I just want to touch on before we go to break, 
is how words affect us and our environment and how when we use sharp words, this actually damages us as well as the other person. Tell us what he meant by that. Hmm. Now or when we come back? Right now. Okay. Well, what he meant by that is, first of all, the word has power, and we give the power to the word. If I am the power of love behind my word, my word is loving and truthful. If my word is fearful and angry, I'm going to get that back also. So our word creates our experiences. Our words attract to us that which we're putting out. So if we want something different, we have to think differently. We have to put a different word out. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk more with Dwight Smith right here, an expert in the Christ letters. And he'll say he's not, but I know he is. (laughs) And we're going to find out (laughs) if Christ really did walk on water, and we're going to hear all about the Last Supper according to these letters in Christ consciousness. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. You can go to makinglifebrighter.com. For all the archives of these shows and more, and you can subscribe on iTunes. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning, based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and we have special guest, return guest today, Mr. Dwight Smith. And Dwight is a expert, my words, in the Christ letters. And the Christ letters <laughs> are about consciousness and how consciousness came into existence as we know it as humans and how that then impacts us and really what our purpose is through these letters. What are we really doing here in a body on earth and how do we get to this position and why is all this happening anyway? What's the point? So when we went to break, I was asking um, Dwight a question that I'd like him to jump into right now. And that is, did Christ really walk on water? Well, oh, see, every time I hear that, I hear it a different way. So this time... Um, the question would be, did Jesus walk on the water? And the answer would be no. Jesus did not walk on the water. But Christ, yes, that resurrected part of Jesus' aspect is totally um, formless and all that. Uh, and what what happened with the water scene, I think we've heard that in the, the Bible and so forth, of how Jesus did all that. But the truth is, Jesus went to meditate. He went into a state to meditate, and he said, as soon as soon as I went into meditation, as soon as I connected with Father, boom, it's basically, we would call it out of body. He went to a high state of meditation where it was almost like he was separated from his body, the spirit of him. And so he's in this state of being, of just not being, he wasn't in the light, he wasn't the light. He was conscious of this incredible love that we have no idea what that is like. We just have to feel the most peaceful, exhilarating, excited state of being with nothing disturbing it or interrupting it and no doubt of its existence. And that's only an idea of what it could be for, for Jesus, okay? But he went into his Christ being, and he's in the state of euphoria, and he starts thinking, wow, I wonder if I can move around in this state of being. Like, can I move away from my body and still have existence? My ideas, okay? And then he knew, as we heard in the, the Gospels, he knew that his disciples, because they had left him on the shore, that were out in the water, and I think they were in some kind of trouble, I'm pretty sure. So he kind of floats down which is the way I always saw it anyway, he just kind of floats down the way we would see just a, uh, 
translucent body that we could see through, and it doesn't really have solid form, which Christ tells us nothing is solid, but, you know, it was visible to his disciples. So it got reported, and, you know, people have trouble believing that, you know, other ghosts and so forth, and, well, Christ wasn't a ghost. He's, he just is a nothingness and radiant light and being, but he brought that that nothingness into a more misty kind of form without the solidity appearance of a body. So, so sort of his etheric body showed up to them. Beautiful. And, and someone, I could have said that. Someone decided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone decided that he had actually walked on water when in fact, yes, in his consciousness went to them and appeared in that way. Now, what's the significance of that story in the letters? What's the point of of people hearing that? Oh, well, for me is to say, you can do this too. You can be in this mindset that frees you from any limitation of form. And it's already in you. It is who you already are. It was here before you were conceived. It's here when you leave your body. The, and so, joy, the joy of Christ's letters to bring it in the now moment and live it on this plane instead of waiting to die to live it. Mm, there you go. Waiting, not, not waiting to die to live it. And in the Conversations in Consciousness, this series, we're always talking about the expansion of consciousness. We're expanding the ideas mm. that are belief systems, technically, which is what he speaks of in these letters over and over again. It is your belief system that limits you. And when you're limited, you don't know what's possible. So with the miracles that we talked about the last segment, he was showing what could be possible when you don't have limitations based on your belief systems. So talk to us a little bit about how you interpret his commentary throughout these letters regarding belief systems. Well, that's, that's what I just call my mindset. My mindset is what I believe, what mm-hmm. I perceive, um, what I know to be true. Now, the letters say, okay, that belief system is supporting you there, is that where you want to be? You know? So these letters for me just constantly tell us, because I'm consciousness in form, um, the consciousness is limitless, so I'm timeless. I'm, you know, I think of myself as a God-conscious center of the universe, as Ernest Holmes tells me. And therefore, you know, I'm a center of the entire universe, as is each individual. And we are the power of that I amness of us, and the whole universe supports it. It's like earlier in the letters, he talks about the seed. The mustard seed, or the, yeah, the mustard seed, the tiniest of seeds, become this great big huge tree with branches and leaves and all that. He says, where does it come from? But a teeny tiny itsy bitsy seed. That seed is the, um, has everything it needs in it to become its fruition. It's like its the potential. potential. Yeah, it's right. potential hologram almost. It's the Right. The so our, we are inside the potential of our consciousness, and we can become as much of ourselves as we believe our consciousness can let us be. Wow, that's good. Good for you. Wow, that's really good. Is that understood? Yeah, we have to like go back and listen to this again because it's 
it takes some rumination, and I think that's what he's also saying in these letters. It takes time to absorb this, to shift consciousness. If everyone wanted to be enlightened tomorrow, I guess mm-hmm. if everyone wanted to be, maybe we'd have a greater number of people that would, but it takes time. It takes time yeah. to absorb, unfold, grow, and so on. And he's talking about that. It's a process. And December for- 31st is when I have said for this year, and I'm committed to doing that through my writings, through my YouTubes, and so forth, is by December 31st, I believe, I think this period of time is the most important for that. Because if we change the mindset, um, is it okay to talk about Jesus not being a sacrifice now, or should we wait? You mean the Last Supper? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Could be a lead-in for that. But I want to begin with this, because I... I started it, and, you know, this is a time in, in Christianity, as a Christian, as a pro, profounding, profounding, um, I am a Christian, except I call myself a Christian, because my, I don't follow the deified Jesus, I follow the Christ of Jesus, I follow the Father, I follow that which Jesus said, I'm not this. The Father is who you want to know. The Father is the teacher. The Father is the healer. So when, when we can get away from seeing Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins, instead see, I want to see the Father through Jesus, we have a whole different concept of Jesus' whole life. Now we bring the Christ into it, and the words, the teachings have deeper meanings for us which are contained in the letters as well as in the Gospels when read with that open mind to hearing the Father instead of Jesus, or hearing the Father through Jesus. So, Well, you know, when he speaks about the Last Supper, it's a powerful part of this letter. Um, yeah. He, he's talking about how disappointed he is because he's telling yeah. his disciples, A, what's going to take place, and B, that they're all going to basically renounce in their in their actions, what they've learned, yet in their heart of hearts, he knows they'll be okay, and he won't leave them, but they will basically not stand for what he taught them, because popular culture will pull them away from that. Let's go into that and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, uh, I want to do a little background to that, if I may, because before the Last Supper, you know, the Bible has other stories, and I think Jesus is... I want to deny all these stories. I want to show uh, what really happened, how consciousness really works. So first was a fig tree, and he killed the fig tree, and we've all heard that story, and he's showing the power of our consciousness. We see it for good, we can see it for negative, so we have to be careful how we think it. I'm talking fast to, to get into the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Then following that, because he's got all these people that want healing and they want teaching and everything right here in Jerusalem, and on his way to Jerusalem, I mean, he's coming his mindset of Christ into the concept of Jehovah, the mindset of Jehovah. So what a clash. I mean, these, these um, Jews uh, are fearful of this man. They've heard about him. You know, they've got to deny him. So his friends convince him to go to the temple and do some teachings there. So he's teaching in the temples. The, his followers want to hear him, but the money lenders, those who are selling the animals for sacrifice and on and on, are competing for being heard and drawing the crowd away from Jesus. And so, you know, Jesus finally gets upset, and he throws them out. You know, he says, you don't belong here. You know, here are people trying to hear the truth, 
trying to hear the truth of existence, trying to hear what heaven on earth is really like, and on and on and on, and you're getting in the way of that. So, so he got mad, and that set up, because Jesus says, everything I do is, has an equal effect to it. Every cause has an effect. So because of this, he knew he was setting himself up for crucifixion. He knew he was coming to, I'm tired, I'm ready to go. So he, that happens, and then the, his followers are just really upset with him. They think, wow, you've gone mad. You're really not the Messiah. I can't believe we followed you and believed you because you have shown yourself to be such, a, such an idiot, such a rebel, such a, you know, someone who's not worthy of our following. So they, they you know, pretty much turn their backs on him and go their separate ways. And then Jesus says, look, let's, let's have supper together. You know, let's get together and have supper. So on the Passover feast, which is normal, except he usually did it by himself and the disciples with their, their families. So he gets the, the supper room and they're there and the part of the Passover is talking about the um, spreading the uh, lamb's blood on the post so that the angel of death will pass by the, the Jews and just kill the firstborn of anyone who's not a Jew, basically. So Jesus said, boy, they really got into that story. They don't care about me. Um, I've been with them. I've taught them. They really haven't listened. They don't have it. And he's feeling pretty pretty low, as, as you're saying. You know, he's just, he's, he's out of his high because he had this incident at the temple where everything's gone against him. And he's come down into his lower state of consciousness, more than the physical three-dimensional plane rather than the the Christ plane. So well, you know thinks, what? Well, I, I need to. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to finish that story. So hold that thought, because we're going to finish the Last Supper in the next segment. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. We're talking converse, conversations and consciousness today with Dwight Smith and the Christ Letters. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. 
You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. We're back. We're talking about conversations in consciousness today with Dwight Smith, and we are talking about learning of the expansion of consciousness through the Christ letters. So we were talking last segment leading into the Last Supper and the point of that. And Dwight, I want you to just keep going because you were on a roll and I cut you off. Well, that's all. It's all good because all messages are important. Um, So... It was a perfect cutoff because this is a point that all Christians know about or anyone who's been attending churches is communion. And it pretty much goes the way it is presented in the churches where, except the story behind it, it's not about here is my blood sacrificed for you and the bread of my body that's been broken for you. He kind of uses that, but not in the dramatic way that the churches use it. But he he asks, you know, I want these people to recall that I've been here and that I had a message. So he basically says that, that, you know, my blood is going to be be spilled and everything. And, you know, so I want you to drink this wine and just think of it as, you know, my suffering. But more than that, that and the bread for the breaking of my body, but more than that, I want you to see it as symbols that I did exist and we've seen some really miraculous things together. You know, so he, he made the attempt to bring them back into that semblance, but he still, he still felt that he failed that. And he knows that he has an ordeal, so I'm going to go right to the um, uh, Mount Olives. Okay, is that all right? Did mm-hmm. you have anything specific on? No, keep going, because um, I'm listening. Okay. So, and and this part, 
I want to read because it's just so, so, so special to me. So he leaves the, um, the Last Supper. He knows he's got this great ordeal of being crucified. He knows that's it's written in the law. He knows that he's opened the time for that, and he's ready, okay? But he doesn't know if he can go through it. So he says, We left the supper room and walked to the Mount of Olives, but the mood of my disciples was one of inner conflict, fear, and doubt. Most of them left to join their families and friends who would still be celebrating their Passover. In the garden, there was a special boulder shaped like a little cave. I like to shelter in it from the wind. And so I sat and meditated and prayed, seeking a way into the exalted harmony I had enjoyed in the past. I knew that when I moved into attunement with the Father love, my fears would be dissolved and I would be in a state of total and absolute peaceful confidence again. As I felt the power of love move into me and possess my human consciousness, so did the strength to endure what lay ahead possess my heart. I would be able to remain within the love and give the love to others to the very end. And so it was. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. And your voice goes... consciousness. Wow. And you yeah. really, your voice in reading that is like a bedtime story. It's just so mm. soft. I love and... it. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. And he's speaking of, well, what many people question as to where do we go to and what is that? It's, it is a shift of dimensional frequency like walking on water. It's going into that love space and trusting it and falling into it, as he calls it, equilibrium, the source of all being, yeah. love. So... Tell us what, what he says about the body being a vehicle because, you know, most of the whole crucifixion is and, and even, you know, the days following is a bit of a religious dogma. And I'd like you to talk about what he says is the truth of all that. Well, what I first want to say is the Bible, the Gospels really tells, tell it true. It's just the way it's been interpreted and misunderstood, you know, the way the energy flows, because, because Jesus being deified was not what Jesus was about. He wanted everyone to realize and recognize the Christ within. So I think I got away from... What, what you, were, you asked? Well, I was asking about the. <laughs> I was asking about <laughs> the uh, the days. Well, the the crucifixion. Oh, the days following, yes, in the Bible. And the day okay, following, yeah, because I'm people back. say in the Bible, for example, he was there, but the truth is, his body was taken somewhere. Correct. Right. That's what he says. So. Yeah. yeah so that's a that's a minor it's a minor thing, but a major thing for some people is that. Jesus, uh, Christ says that um, Jesus made an arrangement with the disciples, and I think um, the man's name is Joseph, who had a cave that Jesus' body was to be taken to, so no one would know where he is, and to this day, no one has found it, and I don't think it's something to be looked for, because, you know, some people like to do that. I think, let it be in peace, but there's the talk of Jesus rising in his physical body, and Christ says, you know, spirit has no need for a physical body except when it's in the physical plane to express. But spirit, free spirit, as 
You know, as we talked about a little bit ago about Jesus walking on the water, Christ on the water, um, that's that etherical body, and he can make it, the spirit of us can make that visible. Um, you know, Jesus keeps just showing me, or Christ keeps showing me, that this is what we can all do. So I take that very personally, that we can do this also. But the thing is that he said, I came to those who are sensitive to my being, who could see me in this state of being without the body. Not everyone could see him because he wasn't a body. So they had to have special sensitivity to be able to sense consciously his consciousness awareness being present. And I think to some degree it was also visible, but it would also have to be a feeling experience, I think, in order to be able to see it. But he was very yeah. Emphatic, it was a, yes. It's a bit emphatic. of a um, his ethereal body again. His his consciousness energy is drawing them, yeah. and he says, you know, he's talking about uh, father consciousness drawing to drawing someone to that and making someone receptive over time to understand. But some of these people were receptive, and they did get it. Yeah. Only. The question is, well, I don't know if it's even a question. His disciples did not enlighten under his his um, time with them because he didn't have enough time with them. Right. It was cut short. So it was their test. And they, and they had the mindset of a Jehovah, a God of a body. So, you know, it's very difficult for them to let go of that. You know, he speaks quite a bit about conception and he talks about lust versus love and why I'm even going to go into this is because it has a point about consciousness and energy and he talks about um, people that are conceived in lust never find peace easily because they're always looking for sensory inputs in this world when they're conceived in lust but when they're conceived in love, the love that he was hoping that their, his disciples would find, according to these letters, then its consciousness made visible to them around them. They, can, they have a greater potential for grasping at that. And he spends all of letter seven talking about conception and ego and all these other things, which we'll have to get into more in depth another day because we simply won't have enough time today to go through it all. But... This is a big point because everything he's talking about comes back to equilibrium. Tell us what comes to mind for you when you think of what he's saying regarding conception in love. Well, I don't know how um, (laughs) um, your audience... uh, I'll just, just say, say it, it. I don't know if you can edit or not, but um, there's a difference between making love and sex, and I think it's a similar thing to lust and love. And the love-making aspect that Christ is talking about is where there's no giving and taking. There's just a giving, a um, a sensation, a moving into a higher consciousness of becoming one in the experience. And Christ says that in this experience of this avenue of love, if that couple happens to conceive in that place, the child, and I believe I'm one of those, is so blessed because they, 
that love permeates and penetrates their entire system from the beginning of the seed into the fruition of the seed. So, and he also says that at that time, ego is also born. So, you know, we have the high ego and the lower ego, and, you know, that's where lust comes in, that sex and lust, lust is a different expression because that consciousness also um, penetrates and permeates the egg. So, um, you know, well, so... Why this is so important is because he's spending all these letters talking about how people would advance their consciousness. And in the story of the Last Supper and all that, he's so in despair and sad by seeing his efforts sort of turning. And he says specifically how many centuries would pass without human selfishness. How long would it take before we as humans evolve to the place where selfishness is mitigated, and in turn, in turn, giving is the point, and this is what I'm getting to with the, the point of love and lust. When you're making love sincerely, you're joining together as one. When you're yeah. lusting over someone, you're taking a piece of what you right. want, and there's a difference in that. So, And the other may be giving without, um, not consent, but without the true sensual pleasure of that um, love experience. And that's part and parcel of being a human, but also he has a very large point in these letters about conception. And it's, yeah. it goes over several letters about literally yeah. the energetics of conception and how the energetics come together and why the elements are such. Now, we'll get into that next segment. We'll talk about that just a little bit more. And... Uh, for those of you that would like to go back and listen to this and the other shows, you can check out the archives on makinglifebrighter.com. You can certainly subscribe on iTunes. And Dwight, where can people find you? My email address is chapelinthesky at aol.com. It's um, C-H-A-P-E-L-I-N-T-H-E-S-K-Y at aol.com. No barriers, no walls, no floors, nothing, just Emptiness, wholeness, and love. We'll be right back on that note. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning, based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers 
for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and today we're continuing our conversations in consciousness with Dwight Smith, and we're talking about the Christ letters, which are a channeling of the Christ consciousness. This is not necessarily a religious discussion. It's about the expansion of consciousness per these Christ letters and the Christ consciousness. And we're here with Dwight Smith, and he is, uh, you can reach him at chapelinthesky.com. Is that right? Did I get that right? Chapel in the Sky? Dwight? Yes, that's right. Well, you know, we were talking about how in these letters Christ is talking about making love or having sex. And there's something that he says, and he really makes a point about it. He says, you should never, ever have makeup sex. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Only have loving sex. You never bring your your inappropriate energy to a sexual encounter because it actually harms each party, even if it's makeup sex. So can you explain that a little bit? Oh, that is so beautiful and so, so subtle and so true. And I know that a lot of couples think and making love after an argument or a fight will heal it. But if we're not in that love making 
mindset, it can be damaging because one is one is giving up and the other is taking, and that can go back and forth, but there's not that um, equilibrium in it. There's not that oneness of receiving, receiving, um, giving, giving. You know, it's it's a very different energy of when we're just making up love because that can be false, you know. Um, I'm going to show you I love you with this uh, wonderful sex I'm going to perform with you, but the the heart um, cannot be denied. You know, the heart is going to speak louder than anything else. So when the heart is aligned, everything is beautiful, and when it's um, the physical intellect that's um, going for taking, um, you know, selfishly without concern for the other, um, yeah, it's damaging. I mean, that's that's he even goes so far is to say, suggest that it affects people's family lives, their careers, their children. It it's like a reverberation that carries and ripples out. And it seems subtle, but over time, if people continue to practice that, it builds to destruction. Yes. Yes. So I have a question for you, because this is going to encompass all the letters and the point <laughs> of this, <laughs> of all the letters. Now, there is a big argument today, and it's, it's a sort of a, a wave that's coming underneath consciousness First, there was like the new age thing. Then there's now like this wave of various consciousness schools and ideas and thoughts. There's a big wave about whether people should follow someone or not, because if they follow someone, then they're giving up their nature because they are themselves God. So why should they follow someone else or learn from anyone else? Can you speak to that? Wow, that is so beautiful. Um, well, Christ to me makes it very clear that if we're seeking the truth, we will find the truth. And if that's through a person, we're going to find it. If it's through a book, we're going to find it. Um, but not to be locked in, don't be attached to an individual if they limit the truth in any way. So I followed a guru for a while and um, for over a year, and I thought, you know, I haven't gotten this gift that he gives of um, enlightenment. I, they had a name for it. I don't remember. And so I came to the realization it's because I didn't, uh, I didn't ever take this guru as my master. I continued with Jesus as showing me the right way. So I think it's okay to follow a person as long as they keep making us freer and freer and freer, make us more loving, more hopeful, more in equality and respect for one another to be more inclusive, then follow that individual, you know. But if any time that's limit, anything that is exempted from that state of being, then we need a new person or new teachings. To me, what I love about Christ's letters is there is no leader. Christ is bringing the leadership and the master from within everyone. So as we let these letters be the teacher, and it's really not the teacher, the, the letters I read from is in a publication called Christ Returns Reveal Startling Truth. And that's what they do. They reveal the truth already within us. Christ just brings it forth. It awakens us. It nurtures. It nourishes us. just keeps bringing us into this understanding of consciousness of divine love, intelligent love, um, when, you know, just brother-sister brother love. 
Yes. What is one of your favorite concepts or quotes from these letters that you can think of offhand? Because I'm kind of putting you on the spot. (laughs) I think the one is when he's coming through the desert, and he's always been resisting Jehovah and the Jewish God. And he's going through the desert, and he's finding that nothing is solid, and there are these nine attributes that he sees in every living thing, from the molecule to the cell to every organism within organisms. And he gets to all this, and he, he goes to the end, and he says, wow, I realize that what I think and feel, I'm directing this creative process to do. So I think the greatest thing I, I get from, from that is he comes to a place where he says, I knew I was right all along. And then I wish I could find the quote because he goes into this thing where he is so um, almost invisible that he feels the whole desert around him is just shining with this light. He feels his body is non-existence, and he just says, Oh, God, you, you creator of all that is, how great thou art, how wonderful you are, and all this. He's just going on and on with this elation of a verbiage, and I feel so blessed that that's captured and speaks to us directly from from the pages. It's so that'd be my it favorite. Is the the revelation of energy within these letters. It is partially oh, wow. the radiation that you, it's almost like you're drunk when you're listening to them or you're reading them. You go into this other space, and I say yeah. drunk with love, sort of like right. keys. <laughs> Good clarification. <laughs> and so. Uh, it is a beautiful bliss of, I don't, it's not even reverie, it, it's just a relaxation, a depth, and, and I love the example that you just gave. Now, we have to, because we've done this already once before, but people need to understand who you are. Tell us what you just achieved. You were just given an, uh, a sort of a... An, oh, a I was giving up. an honorary given doctorate, a, is that uh, what you mean? Yeah, well, that's, you know, the ego of me says, oh, isn't that nice? (laughs) But the Christ of me says, well, I guess it is also ego. The most important thing it says to me is it's an accolade from the universe saying, as Jesus says in... What um, was it? What was your accolade? What did they give you? It's an honorary doctorate of divinity. There you go. See, that's what I was getting at. And you're allowed to yeah. say, woohoo, woot, woot. <laughs> you well, earned I, it. <laughs> you know, I, I live that joy. You know, so it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's not whole hum. It's really acknowledgement from the universe saying, good job. You know, it's like yes. in the, the Bible, um, God is supposedly said to Jesus, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And because of my, my evolution, began in the ages of four to six in a hospital with tuberculosis. So it began there of I knew who I was, and then all through my life I was being told who I wasn't, until in 1984 I realized, oh, now that I know who I'm not, I know who I am again, you know, but that power was always within me. So beautiful. Congratulations on that. And thank you for coming again today to speak with us and explore these letters. We'll have you back again because I think if people pay attention to that, they really will begin to feel and understand and learn and hopefully dig deeper into their own consciousness. So tell us again where people can reach you. It's chapelinthesky.com? No, I'm sorry. No, it's only email address. I don't have a website. It's chapelinthesky at aol.com. 
AOL.com. There you go. Chapel yeah. in the Sky at AOL.com. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio with Dwight Smith here today. And all right, on that note, everybody, go jolly and go out and make someone else's life brighter. Thank you for listening and great love to you all. Thank you, Dwight. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.